0: Before we get into this episode of Small Doses, gotta let y'all know a few things. One... You can get your tickets to Smart, Funny, and Black live at The Novo in Los Angeles, May 18th. Tickets are on sale right now. Go to AmandaSeals.com. Do not play yourself. You know a lot of y'all be like, oh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Baby, we ain't outside again, so these tickets are going to sell out like they always do. Do not play yourself. Second, make sure that you go to the Amandaverse. That is my Patreon. It's a $5 subscription. You get all types of extra content, especially bonus content from here at Small Doses, but I recently just put up a series of videos where I'm breaking down why I walked away from a contract. Now, I know people are like, why would you do that? Because each one teach one. I feel like a lot of people want to be in show business, but they don't necessarily understand the legalities of what you need to protect and what you need to let go, etc. And you know what? I feel like if I know, I'm going to let other folks know so they don't have to learn the hard way. So you can see parts one, part two, part three of why I walked away from that deal right now on my Patreon, The Amanda third gotta make sure that you guys like comment subscribe like comment subscribe if you are listening to this podcast make sure you download it if you are watching this podcast make sure you subscribe and last but not least make sure you listen to my radio show the amanda seal show you can get it wherever you get your podcast all you got to do is go to that podcast site type in the amanda seal show and you can take a listen it is every day monday through friday and it is a good old black ass time like everything else i do all right now let's get into this episode Self help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And Keeping it real. Small dose. Me and Seals. So So funky. <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> you know what? This is actually something that really just kind of naturally happened, but I have dubbed it the hero series, okay? Like we at small doses are very quickly becoming a home and a hub for folks who are really just out here. Casually living life and then being presented with the choice to like be a hero. And I think for a lot of us, that is something that we can't even like picture happening because you don't know what that would look like. But that's why I think it's really great that we're getting to talk to folks who have lived this because... Particularly as we live in a nation that is descending more and more into madness, there's going to be more and more necessity and opportunities to have to be a hero in ways that you may not expect. I think sometimes when we think hero, we think like we're going to save a dog from a river, you know? Not necessarily have to save a whole bunch of people's lives. But today's guest found herself in that situation. And let me just say this. The first thing that brought me to the story of Miss Shantae Trumpet, who is joining us today... Um, <laughs> I feel the need yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that so? I follow this page on Instagram called Washingtonian Problems. And I also follow the Washington Post. I think this is actually on the Washington Post. And so there was a post that said a man's name, like, let's just call him like LaDanian. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm from Florida.
0: <laughs> it was like LaDanian Davis, thanks woman who saved his life on train. And I was like, wait, th- like, you know, when you see something, and you know, it's wrong, but like, you can't immediately pitch, figure out why it's wrong. But like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, something about this is wrong. And then I went in the comments and of course people were like, why are we learning his name and not her name? If she's the one who saved his life, why doesn't it say her name? And so then I was like, yes, that is what's wrong. We see all of these terrible stories of shooters, active shooters, you know, mass shootings, and we're seeing folks who are stepping up and disarming them. And we have never seen a woman. Now, let me tell you, Shantae, I done seen 511 movies of white ladies out here being Rambo, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. They Lara Croft, they G.I. Jane, they shooting it up, they duking it out. I ain't never seen that happen in real goddamn life. But what I did see with your story was. The first time that I have heard in one of these, you know, active shooter scenarios that a sister had been the one to save all these lives. And I am disgusted by how the media did not give you the shine and praise. Like you should be at the White House. You should have been (laughs) at the Super Bowl. Like you should be in all the places doing all the things I would love for you. Now that it is your 511th time telling this story, I feel like you really nailed it now. But I would yeah. love for you to, to share with us because when I said you were coming on, people were like, why don't I know this story? Yeah. Why am I just now hearing about this from you? And as much as I take pride in being able to amplify stories that need to be heard, like, I do think it sucks that it's coming from me and my my little platform, and not from a major platform. But nonetheless, here we are. We are so honored to have you, and I would love for you to share with the people the story of your heroism. And also, later, we will get into how your comfortability with firearms made it possible for you to even step up in this way. Because I know a lot of us, like myself, we have a gun, but we're afraid to use it. I just open it, and I'd be like, ah! And I close it and put it
1: back. (laughs) So first of all, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I do first want to start with condolences to the man who did lose his life that day. But for me, just like you said at the top of the show, like it was a regular day for me. It had snowed that morning. I missed the train right before that. I'm running late, (laughs) trying to catch the train, missed the train before that. Get on the train and you Ooh, know I, have I chills. T- I have yeah. chills. This wasn't even your regular train. You see this was you not see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so okay, you know, on. get on the train, tune out, AirPods in, Drake yeah. radio on. I'm like, okay, I'm going to I go to the office only three days a week. So I telework. So hybrid schedule. So this is one of my regular days. I'm excited about my lunch that I had packed. I had <laughs> meal prepped, all of that. Like Right, like this is
0: where your head is at.
1: (laughs) This is where my head is at. I have a mattress coming later on that day. I'm so excited about my mattress. (laughs) First real adult purchase. Like this is my day. Yeah, right. So get up to a regular stop. Not even one that, you know, heightens my awareness, you know. Okay. Get up to the stop. I'm just, and I look out the window and I honestly thought I saw two people who had just gotten a fight. I thought the person laying on the ground may have got the worst of it. Maybe that's what it, so my first instinct isn't even to do anything. So I just looked, looked away. Then I looked again and the man standing kicked the man on the ground. And I'm like, wait, what? So then I looked again and I see a pool of blood. And then I see a man brandishing a gun. And before I could say, and I Think one of the other people on the train said I did say it out loud. Don't open the doors. The doors are opening, so he was right line to line with the opening of the doors. So he the man with right, the gun, the man with the gun, gets onto the train. The first thing he does say was, "Y'all are good. Y'all good. I'm not going to hurt y'all. I'm not going to hurt y'all." So, but you're still waving around a gun. He started to escalate a little bit. Why did things start to escalate? He just started to get like started ranting, like yelling, because when he got on, he, he walked on like casually walked on, said, y'all are good. Y'all are good. I'm not going to do nothing to y'all. Started walking up and down the aisles. And then he started yelling stuff. He said, Harriet Tubman was in the CIA. This is yeah. All this is fake. Were all people this trying is to get off the train? So one man did attempt to run. He told him, don't don't go nowhere made him stand, get back on the train. That was the brother who ended up having to thank you for saving his life, right? Yes. He was like, not I'm not. Anywhere. Bye, y'all. No, That's worries. everybody's instinct, right? So, Yeah. Okay, so he shut him down so we wait, know we can't quick, run. Real quick, because I, mm-hmm. I just
0: got to know, because you know I'm a black yeah. person, I always got to yeah. know. What is the ethnicity of this person? The shooter? He's one of us. Okay,
1: got to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brother, young brother, gets on the train, starts, says that he's an Air Force vet, this is oh. while he's ranting, he gets in some people's faces. So I think during this time, my my mind kind of blanks out on exactly what he was saying. I know he was yelling. He was getting in people's faces. He walked back up to where I was sitting and he sat down next to me. So on the train, you know, there's seats facing forward and then there's like the, the disabled seats for the disabled patients. Yeah. So he sat in that seat. So we're almost knee to knee.
2: And so
1: I'm in the first seat by the door. So once he sat down, I think I completely blanked everything. All I could see was the gun. All I was focusing on was the gun. What kind of gun was it? It was a small, it looked like maybe a nine millimeter. It wasn't a big gun. It wasn't a rifle. It was just a small nine millimeter handgun. Okay. So I'm looking at the gun and I see the door. The door is opening and closing, opening and closing. But, the, you know, there's time. Like, it's opening for maybe a couple of minutes and then it will close back and then it will open back up. So he's I feel like we're in speed with Keanu Reeves. Like, this, yeah. I'm stressed. Yeah. I'm stressed, yes. Chante. Okay. So I'm not focusing on anything that he's saying. He's not gripping the gun. So he literally has the gun on his knee and his hand on top of the gun. But he's not holding the gun in any way so I honestly don't know but I seem that I could grab it and get the main part of the gun the barrel of the gun I'm like I could grab the handle of the gun so I just grab the gun and I run so as I run he goes to grab me But at that point, I think that's when the other people on the train were like, "Okay, this is where we can do something, too. So as he's trying to grab me, they grab him off of me. But I fell when he grabbed me. So I fall with the gun. Girl. Yes. They grab him. They're holding him now. So his full body weight isn't on me. So I took the gun and slid it all the way up away from us so that it's not in any of our arms reach. So they still had him subdued at that point. I was able to get up. I ran to the gun, grabbed it, ran off the train and chucked the gun onto the tracks across from us to get it out of everybody's reach through the gun. So at that point, he grabbed me again. So at that point, I'm assuming the people who had subdued him for me to throw the gun had ran for their lives at that point. They had let him go. So he grabbed me again and he was like, oh, you're a hero. You think you're a hero. I like you. I like you. There was another man who stayed there long enough. I don't know what this man said to him. I'm I'm begging for him to let me go at this point. I'm like, please let me go. I have kids. Please let me go. I don't know what the fuck. Did he have another weapon? He wasn't brandishing anything. He didn't pull anything out. He wasn't even attacking me really. He was just holding me. Okay. Do you actually have kids? I do. I have Cause kids. because I would lie. I yeah. would flat out lie. I but be like, I, I have said kids. I said the thing that they say on movies. Like I have right. kids. I have kids. But I have <laughs> kids. So <laughs> yeah, I start I don't, naming my pets names. Yeah, I have right, kids. I have Lando. Right, I have Huri. Right. I, I have Jordy. <laughs> that was the first thing. I have kids. Let me go, please. Let me go, please. Let me go. I don't know what the man said to him, but he did let me go. And then so now. I don't have anything on me. I ran back on the train to grab my bags because my cell phone is Shantae. in my bag on the train. Shantae.
0: See, that's how I know you a nigga. Shantae. Right? Like- <laughs> my phone. Because
1: listen, like, I, was like, 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 I, I, I need my phone today. I saved my life. I'm gonna I say have to call somebody, phone. right? Who? How am I gonna call? I have to call my job. I, I I'm thinking about all of that is going through my head. So wait, wait. I need to understand. He's still on the train. No, no, no. He's trying to get his gun back now. So the dummy jumps onto the tracks to go retrieve his gun. So I did have a couple of seconds to grab my shit and run. But I I did have to grab my stuff. Who are I had you? to get my phone. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Because that's, like, a lot, like, okay, so we spoke to this sister, Shakira Autry, recently, who saved this man's life in Buffalo, this elderly, mentally disabled man who was a white man in the hood, like, in the snow outside her house. And, like, so much of her story was just the kind of stuff that you're just like, that's not normal. Like, like, where did you... you And so I found myself so many times being like, what made you do that? And so it's like, with you, I'm just hearing, I'm hearing the steps that you're taking Mm And I'm like, oh, she's Jason Bourne. (laughs) Because, like, I like to think that in a situation, I would,
1: like, know what to do. But I think that's what it is. I (sighs) honestly, it's really not. You're not really thinking. It's not a full thought out process. It's really like moment, 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 moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like. And like you said, oh, yeah, you say like, yeah, that happened. But honestly, if I'm going to die, I'm going to fight for my life. <laughs> like, okay. that's what it is. Like, I'm out of here. You're not about to hold me hostage. I seen a man had already lost his life at that point. Right. I I need to get out of here by any means possible. He's not going to let me run while he still has a gun. So the only thing I can think of was getting rid of the threat. And the threat was you. that gun. He was no longer a threat once the gun was gone. That's, so that's were you able to get your bag and get out of there? Yeah. He never touched me again. I still saw him on, like, one quick time just to see where he was. When I last saw him, he was on the tracks. I just ran all the way out the metro. The crazy thing is there was no police activity until I was, I was all the d- way like, that out that the was, metro. That was my next question. So he had... Apparently, he started cutting up before he got into the metro. So they were responding to what had happened outside of the Metro, not even knowing everything that was happening in the Metro. So he started on the Metro bus outside, shot somebody out there. So I believe they were responding to what they thought was the only issue. And there was so much more going on.
0: Is the Metro in D.C. known for, like, lax
1: security? So they have said there's been more instances lately. And so they have ramped up. I know regularly when I'm leaving work in the evenings, I do see more activity with the police being there because there is like the kids get a little rowdy in the afternoon. So those are the things they're usually looking for. Um, So I have started to see a little bit more activity. It's just things are escalating in a way that they can't control.
0: Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and, like, figure out what I'm going to cook. Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me. And I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really bad at it, you can get you a Dash Pass. And that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So, don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky, because I haven't eaten anything. No. Tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. Okay. First of all, we got to run it back.
1: Yeah. Okay. Where are you from? <laughs> so I'm an Air Force brat. My family is, live New Jersey, New York. I was born in Abilene, Texas. <laughs>
0: okay. It's it's coming together. Yeah. It's coming together.
1: Okay. It's My dad together. retired here. So we've been here for over 20 years now in this area okay. of Maryland. I live in Bowie, Maryland. So went to school in North Carolina. I am a nomad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but... When did
0: you become acquainted with firearms? So
1: my father was a security specialist in the Air Force, so he was a cop. So we were very comfortable as kids. He when we lived in New Mexico. He took us to the gun range. I've shot a nine millimeter. Uh. I've shot an m sixteen. I've shot a machine gun. i've I've been around guns <laughs> and yeah, so, <laughs> I don't think I ever got the opportunity to be scared of guns because I've always Ah. been exposed to them in a way that, not this way that people have it in the legal manners and all of that, but always in a controlled manner. You know, law enforcement, my dad showed us how to clean guns. There was always a gun in the house. So I never, you know, was curious about a gun. So it has been a part of my life, even when I started living by myself. Not initially did I feel like I needed a gun to protect myself, but during COVID, once we Mm. saw how the nation was armed in a way that I felt like we weren't as armed as other people are armed, I felt like that was important. So at that time, I did get my gun license so that I can have a gun at home to protect me and my family if needed.
0: Do you carry forth like the same stuff with your family? In terms of like them being aware and comfortable with guns, et cetera? Yes.
1: So my son more so than my daughter. So I have a 19-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son. My son has went to the range with his grandfather several times. He's actually a great shot. My daughter, not so much. (laughs) I don't know if it's something she has to kind of work her way towards, but I don't. I think my kids are aware of guns if they need to be around it. But yes, we carry that on here as well. I mean, I feel like the whole gun thing in this
0: country is very... Well, first of all, it's extreme in this country, right? It is. is. There's an obsession Mm -hmm. with guns in this country. And there's also just a failure to keep guns out of the hands of individuals like this man on the train, right? right? Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know how he obtained the gun, if it was illegally, if it was legal, etc. But there's just such an abundance that it makes it to where there isn't any way to even make it difficult for someone to get a gun. Like, even if you had to get it illegally, it's still harder than going to Walmart. It is, yeah. You know? Yeah. So when you talk about this story,
1: mm-hmm. what is the most surprising part of it for you? That I save other people's lives. Because mm. honestly it was just what was happening in that moment not even noticing that there are 20 30 i have no idea how many other people on the train with me right okay hearing the word hero a word that i never thought that i would be described as like wait what <laughs> that that's heavy that's heavy you know i'm responsible for lives i have two kids that you yeah. know i'm responsible for their lives but to hear and to know and to be thanked for saving other people's lives. That's really big to me. And that has been like, kind of like the heavy part to me, like, wow. And then just hearing the scenarios that it could have been, you know, I feel like I have, have lived a blessed life, but I never thought like, okay, I'm ever going to be in a situation like this. It feels like I'm telling somebody What are somebody some scenarios story, that
0: came to mind that it could have been?
1: That he had another weapon on him. Um, what if he had a knife on him? You know what I mean? Not just the gun, but maybe if he had another weapon on him, I think that's been the biggest thing. Maybe if I wasn't able to get the gun from him, my other thing is if the police came in there, how were they going to deescalate that whole thing? Like, would he have just started shooting? And again, I'm still the closest thing to him. Would the police have shot from behind? You know what I mean? Like, those things because like I said I heard no police activity I didn't hear help coming I didn't hear any of that coming but what if the help would have arrived and how were they gonna how were they gonna end it you know what I mean that is something that has ran through my head like how would have that even ended did you sleep after this not well. I, I don't know if you <laughs> have like the best
0: night's sleep ever or like if you just mattress like right away. Here,
1: and I was like, I can't even enjoy my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, I honestly just felt wound up like in a ball. Like I just felt like lots of energy, so much energy. I just felt like I needed to like run or jump or, you know, like I just had a bunch of energy and I don't No, I haven't felt, and you know, people like to say PTSD and bring up PTSD and being traumatized. When people ask me if I'm okay, I think I'm okay. That's all I can say. I've never experienced anything like this. Um, I'm sleeping better now. I feel like I'm eating better now, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel getting on a train again. Oh, you haven't been on a train since? I have not been on a train since. Because you're afraid to? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I I haven't had the need to. That's one. I live in Maryland. I work in D.C. That's usually the main reason I do take the train. So I haven't got on a train yet, but I don't want to have a phobia of trains and I don't want to have a phobia of certain situations. I want to be able to continue to live my life, you know, without fear, because the sad thing about it now Train is the only place that this can happen, you know what I mean? Right. So, I can't live in a bubble, I don't want to live in a bubble, and I want to continue to enjoy my life. So, I'm trying to just you know move forward with my normal life and not let it affect me. It's hard not to think about, and unfortunately, you know, with everything happening, I didn't even realize that I'm gonna to have to be part of this whole process the trial if he chooses not to plead guilty. Like, yeah. <laughs> This is going to oh. be part of my life for a little while. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I don't know right now when people ask, I can just say I'm okay. You know what I mean? Have you gone to therapy or spoken to anybody about it? I have. I have. I have a great therapy a therapist who actually saw me on the news. It was like, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, girl, we got to do a session. Yes. And I had scheduled a session. And she was like, no, 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 no. It's an emergency. Whatever you need. Like, whatever you need. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Have a great therapist. Love it to death. So, I have been, you know, walking through this. So, right now, I don't know if it's too early to tell. My thing is, I don't want to just be in a situation later and something just trigger. And yeah. I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, I want to be prepared before I actually even go back to work and be among my coworkers like that. So I've just been trying to kind of just go back into my normal life. I'm a single mother, so I didn't have anybody here to take my, my child to work, take my son to school. Like I had to kind of jump back into my normal life with, and be dealing with what I just dealt with. So it's been it's been a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will tell you this. I'll tell you what my therapist told me. Mm-hmm. Cause I went through a like very traumatic experience and I wasn't in shambles about it. Right. Like I was able to be like, this is a traumatic experience, you know? That, and, yeah. And like I was able to look at it and be like, this is traumatic and like this shouldn't have happened. And I was able to process it, but I wasn't yeah. like Yes. <laughs> and I was telling her, I was like, Am I am like, I broke? am I broke? Yes. I was like, Am I just like so desensitized or yeah. like disconnected yeah. from emotion? Like, am mm-hmm. I avoidant? Like, why am I not like in pieces on the ground? Yeah. And she was like, Well, I mean, one, she was mm-hmm. like, A lot of times young people who have certain like parental structures end up like just learning how to deal with trauma in a very pragmatic way. So she's like, that's one. So, okay. so I don't know what your parental structure is, but she was like, you know, I feel like that's part of it. It's like, you just learned really early on, like, I don't even got time to be in shambles because I got to like manage this pragmatically and move mm-hmm. forward. She was mm-hmm. like, so you learned early how to compartmentalize. She right. was like, you learned early how to be like, this trauma goes in this box. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. yeah, and it's not that you're avoiding it, but you're like, I've put it in this box, and I will open yeah. this box, yeah, I'll look in the box, I'll take it mm-hmm. out of the box, and be like, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right, and I'll put it back in the box,
0: <laughs> and I close the box. Right. But she was like, the other thing, because I was like, I feel like maybe I'm not dealing with it, like maybe I'm not dealing with it, and she was like, what I want you to know is that when a trauma is disrupting your life, mm-hmm. when it is making you unable to function like yeah. you normally do. Mm -hmm. When it is impeding your capabilities that you normally are able to carry out, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're dealing with it. That means it's dealing with you. Okay. And she was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It just requires a different attention. Mm -hmm. But you're dealing with it, not because... You're not in shambles. She was like, it'd be different if you were trying to act like this didn't happen. It'd be different if you were trying to undermine like your level of involvement. It'd be different if like Shantae was over here like, I'm not a hero. I didn't really, you know, she was like, it'd be different if that was the case. But she was Mm -hmm. like, Amanda, you're not an avoidant person. The fact that you're even talking to me as your therapist says to me that you're not avoiding it. You are dealing with it and you're handling it in a way that has a consciousness about the fact that like, this is a thing that happened in your life and you know, that it's going to have some type of impact and you Mm want to be bracing for impact. She said, that's you dealing
1: with it. Yeah. I thought I was broken. I'm like, I've had people tell me you don't have to be a strong black woman. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, first of all, (laughs) I don't have a choice. Nobody's Fair. coming to live life for me. I'm not going to make it extra. I'm like I'm so not that person. You know what I mean? Like so Yes, I know. Yeah, I'm like am I dealing like you said like am I broken? Like some people are like I would be a ball and I'm like I Yes. Mm, yeah. Right, you're like I got to go get my son. <laughs> yeah. Who's I don't have that? time to be in a fetal right. position in the bed. Hello. I'll think about this on the drive. I'm trying to work on my 40-year-old body. Like, wait, I got to go <laughs> to the gym. Like, this is in the way. So I am dealing with it. I don't want it to deal with me. I don't want to just be sitting somewhere in a loud sound goes off and I just, you know what I mean? So yeah. some people are like, I don't know how you're still talking about it. Like, it is not traumatic for me to talk about I think of the person who lost his life, right? I didn't lose my life. I got out of there. Like I met the goal. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. It sucks that I have to continue to deal with this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that at this point, I'm just like, my life is just forever changed in a way that I never thought it would be, you know? (laughs) Well, you were equipped for the mission. You didn't even
0: know. No. That, that was going to be the mission. No, I
1: absolutely
0: did not. It's so wild how our life just like shows up and that day you're now doing something different. Like yeah. it like and and you're just living your life. Like you mm-hmm. didn't wake up like I'm looking for something to happen
1: today. Like God, show right. me a sign. Yes. Like you were <laughs> and like, that was the sign I wanted. Like, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is my chance. <laughs> That's so trippy
0: to me because it makes me say, how do you prepare yourself for whatever life brings you? And I think ultimately you just got to keep doing you and, you know, the mission that's for you, you'll be prepared for that mission. I commend you.
1: It's really wild. Like, yeah, I was in ROTC. Who thought I would use that? You were (laughs) equipped for the mission. (laughs) You know what I mean? And my (laughs) uncle's like, well, you've been going to the gym. So your reflexes. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like. Who would have thought, you know, and like you said, like
2: you're equipped for your mission. Yeah. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like figure out what I'm going to cook. Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me. And I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really bad at it, you can get you a Dash Pass and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No. Tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. Well, we have some questions from the people. Robert Glasper, Grammy Award-winning jazz virtuoso, incredible that. person. <laughs> he was like, How the fuck do I not know who this woman is? Well, Glasper, we put hey. you on. All right. Yeah. We play hey. you on. Shate Churrumpets. Right, right. Okay. I know you play keys, yes. but we See, got this yeah, right here. Right. First question. Was disarming an armed person something you learned at some point or did you just figure it out in the moment? Like in your firearms training, was that ever a part of it?
1: No, no. um, That was just something I figured out in the moment. Never took any really self-defense or anything Mm -hmm. classes. But, you know, you do take a class when you get your license. But that disarming is definitely not part of it. So no, no formal training or knew how to disarm. A fool with a gun.
0: (laughs) I'm just like, I'm picturing the whole scene Mm -hmm. and the quickness that it would take to snatch the gun, move, then the crowd jump on him, Mm -hmm. then you pushing the, like, I'm just like, this is the stuff people write about, like, because it's a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You better start dating. Like, I need yeah. niggas to be out I, here. Hello, I need them to be what? like, you know what? I want me a sister who can protect
1: me. Like, but now <laughs> I'm, I'm known for the one who was whooping on the man on the train. So I'm like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to fall into my soft woman your era. Soft but like, what is happening? <laughs> now I have to disarm men. Like, is this going to work good for me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you got the mattress for your soft girl life. Hello. Like, And here we are. I'm whooping our men. You know what, but I will tell
0: you this. I will tell you this, though. The reason why it sounds like you're able to deal with it the way you are is because you are moving into your soft girl life. Like trauma has a different impact on us once we feel like we know what our purpose is and we're like moving in like purpose. And you don't get to soft girl life until you're in purpose because soft girl life is relaxing. And like not taking everything to the head and really just like enjoying the space that you've created for yourself. And like, it's very hard for a lot of people to get there because there's like all this other stuff in the way. So like, if you're one of the lucky ones that's able to like have moved through these things and be able to say like, I want to embrace the softness because I'm tired of fighting him. Yeah. Then it doesn't mean there aren't going to be battles. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be crazy men on the train with the gun. It's just going to mean that you deal with it differently. You know, it sounds like you're not dealing with it in the mindset of like, why did this happen to me? Like, I wish that I had taken the other train. Like, yeah. that you know, because that's the part that a lot of us get stuck in. We get stuck mm-hmm. in the phase of how could I have avoided this? Yeah. When really it's the acceptance of like, wow, that's crazy. There for
1: a reason. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that's the part that ends up being the soft girl life. All right. Someone else said, do you think if you never reacted, someone else may have intervened? Or is the bystander effect really real? Because like, were y'all making like eye contact on the train? Like, were y'all like looking at each other? Like, what
1: y'all, you, won't, you won't do it? So me and the guy who was on the train, who was on the news thanking me, who I met later, he said that he was sizing him up. So we both noticed he was not a big dude. So he said he was sizing him up. And then there was a Russian guy behind me who I guess was one of the people who also intervened once I grabbed the gun. So I think there were a couple of people who were trying to think. So the the young man who I met, he said that, He thought the man was so distracted by the men around him that his guard wasn't up for me sitting right there. And I'm like, well, I'm getting up off this train, so I don't know what y'all about to do. (laughs) But So I'm going to grab the gun and then it was literally all the pieces fell in place. So the guy sitting across from me said he knew that he wasn't on an angle that he could do anything so oh, okay. he didn't attempt. So I think people were trying to see if there was possibilities, but I think I also had the best, you know, vantage angle, point. Yeah, from where I was. So there there were others who I think who would have intervened or if they had the chance. Yeah. I mean,
0: I had a houseless person beat me with my own FedEx flat rate box on a train and like nobody stopped it. <laughs> It went on for far too long before some white men in like cargo pants and hacky sacks, like with dreadlocks, moved in, and we're like, okay, we are gonna. I was like, y'all gonna let this? That's enough. Like, yeah, this is okay. Okay, everybody, nothing to see here. Yeah, yeah. All right, another question. What advice would you give someone that was assaulted with a firearm, but now has to own one for protection when they're scared of them? Now, before you answer this. We're gonna take this answer in our special Patreon AmandaVerse edition of questions. All right. So the way this works is, y'all want to come over and hear Shante Trumpet's answer to this question and more? Come on over to the AmandaVerse, join the Seal Squad, and you get access to weekly bonus content from Small Doses Podcast. In the meantime, in between time though, we about to end up and wrap up this episode.
2: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about kisimta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like, figure out what I'm going to cook. Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me and I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really about it, you can get you a Dash Pass and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No, tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. The last dose. Is your father still with us?
1: Yes. Yes. What Pop's got to say. He was like, I'm so proud and I'm so scared and I'm so proud and I'm so scared. <laughs> he was like, I just felt helpless that I could not be there for you while this was going on. And I'm like, Dad, you were... Because I called him immediately after I got upstairs. And how do you tell your parent you just disarmed a fool on the train? Right. And I'm like, Dad, uh, I don't know where... I'd never taken that metro stop before. So okay. I didn't even know where in D.C. I was. I'm like, Dad... I need you to come get me. I don't know where I am. Like, I'm at Palma Gap, Just come. I'm ends. like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm just looking around. I'm trying to drop a pin to show him where I am. But they had so much of DC blocked off. He couldn't get but so close to me. But he was just like, I am so proud of you. And I'm just so happy that everything worked out. But he was just like, I'm so scared. I'm so proud. I'm so scared. Yeah. So <laughs> mixed feelings. <laughs> I mean...
0: So when, okay, when you got out the train station, like, did anybody greet you? Like, I mean, they were
1: pushing us away. So I'm like, hey, hey, I need a cop because I touched the gun. Like, my finger, I need to be fingerprinted. I'm like, hey, so I'm literally literally waving. Yeah, I'm literally (laughs) waving. Because I'm like, what? I know some video is going to come out later. I didn't want to leave the scene. Some video come back. They're trying to trap me down. Like, I'm a D.C. government employee. I'm like, please, like, don't come looking for me. So (laughs) I'm literally like trying to grab a police that's not running down into the Metro. I'm like, I touched the gun. Like, I really need to talk to somebody. Finally, this really nice Metro police officer, I was able to get her attention she set me in the car, gave me a bottle of water, calmed me down, had me I'm write like, a statement. I am like, can
0: we get Shantae an emergency blanket? Like, Hello. she finished the marathon? <laughs> like, what?
1: So I'm like, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I think I'm okay. Like, everything is just so fast at that moment. And I'm like, trying to write a statement and just not realizing everything that I'm going to have to be part of. And then I have detectives. I'm like, this is a real live Law & Order episode now. Like, I'm dun, homicide. Yes. Yeah, homicide detectives. I had to get mouth swabbed, fingerprinted for the, because that is the murder weapon. So I had to okay. get fingerprinted to disclude me from, you know, anything. But I was like, this is unreal. I feel like I'm sitting outside of my body watching somebody else's situation right now. This is not, this is not my life.
0: I mean, it sounds like it was just very surreal and I can only imagine, but it is very real. And uh the people on my page, you know, several people wanted to just thank you. I think at this point in this country, we are very, I think most of us with a common sense are very clear on the fact that like this type of thing can happen anytime, anywhere at yeah. this point. Yeah. And, you know, you want to believe that like... We're going to all, if we're in that situation that everybody's going to like band together. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm in L.A. and a fire engine goes by and an ambulance goes by, like all the cars like move to the right. And it's like one of my favorite examples of like humans just like knowing how to be um, mm-hmm. in contrast to the fact that we were in a whole pandemic and people didn't want to wear a mask, which is just Hello. like, so y'all really, <laughs> right. like We Make just not what are you doing? care about yeah. nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I want to just extend my gratitude to you. And, you know, we are all so proud of you and you are deserving of any positive, any optimism, any blessings that come your way. It is always just such a miraculous thing when we get put in these situations and we're able to show up. I mean, listen, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And that's just the way that was supposed to go. But yeah. you know, for you, you're still here with us. And I think that means something. And I'm not trying to put no pressure on you. Like, Shantae, what, what you about you to do, to do now, now with your life? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing next? You want <laughs> to go to Disney? But you know, I think it, it, it's, it's really great that your two kids got to see you come home. It's Fabulous that your mattress got to see you come home. I have one last question for you. Was Harriet Tubman in the CIA? Right? I was like, <laughs> look, <laughs> you we've know, we've heard I this mean, before now. I'm just like, <laughs> that's the know. first time I've heard that. you a that. government employee, you would know before. Mm. You know, DC is all about security clearance. I don't know Hello. what your level of security clearance is. <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us and to share your story. And I'm so glad that we are able to amplify your story. You know, you are like really an incredible person to be able to pull this off. And you were equipped for the mission. So
1: thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you so, so much. And tell
0: your pops we said thank you. Yes, yes, definitely. will. And now, you know, you made me say. (laughs) <laughs> I got to get to the range, man. I got, gotta get I got to, to look range. at the range, man. Make it a girl's
1: date. You know what I mean? Bring your girlfriends. I literally own a gun. Like it
0: has my own stippling on it. Like I like it's like my gun. Like it, the, the, it is
1: made for my hands. Like okay. it was mo- like it is my gun. That's and... that's also important too. That's definitely really important because you want to be comfortable with yes. <laughs> the gun. You're not just picking one up off the shelf. Like but you need to shoot your gun. You do. I have it well I will say this when I did go to get my license and
0: you know do the, and like go to the train to the range I am a good shot. And See? there was something else you said that has really resonated with me which is that he was more concerned with the men around and he underestimated you. And you know women like we we just saw a video where there was a young lady who was in a, um, she was in her gym in her building and this man came in and tried to take her down and she was not going to let it happen. And you said earlier in the interview, earlier in this my interview, life. you yeah. were like, I'm fighting for my life. And she said the same thing. She was like, there was no way I was going down without a fight. Like there was exactly. no submission that was about to happen. Like he was going to have to take that shit. And yeah. I feel like a lot of us like don't really know our power in that way. And like we have to like lean into that you know and so I'm gonna lean into my gun and I paid the money for the gun so I should you know at the very least you know that's kind of always what it ends up being like well I did pay for this shit right right. let me go ahead but he but the trainer said I was a good shot and he said most women are so like let your daughter know maybe this will give her some confidence most women actually are a good shot because we don't have ego about shooting Mm. he said most men come through like uh-huh. and you try to tell them like yeah that's not that's not how it works and they're like right. no nah, I know how it works I know how it works <laughs> and he said so they be, they don't even be shooting on the target you know yeah. like it's, yeah. it's all type of extraness he said but the women they're not coming in with that and so they take instruction they breathe and they actually improve so I hope that your daughter sees you as an inspiration to like Get acquainted with her yes. firearm. I know my listeners 1000% see you as inspiration to do so. And again, thank you for your active heroism and we wish you the best.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>